By the time you hear this podcast, you'll learn how to kick some game. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 152. So we're we're past the uh, Bacardi episode. <laughs> uh, one past that. Got to get that Jordan number. One over Bacardi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kanye <Can't> Stan. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um... And for going on this podcast journey with us. Um, And thank you for joining us again uh, with the. mm, Black sheep of podcasting. (laughs) Like the movie or the group? The group. Okay. Because I'm thinking duo. But I, I was thinking, and, yeah, well, it could be either. But since it's yeah, a music podcast, thinking of Tommy, <laughs> not Tommy Boy, but Chris Farley, David Spade. and David Spade, the late great Chris Farley. But yeah, that's man. I still think about that to this day. How you talked about like all the Kevin James parts being written for Chris Farley, and I can never look at them the same anymore. Yeah. That's not his fault. That like, Grown Ups movie can't look at you them know the same that was, that was supposed to be Farley. Can't look at it the same anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chris Farley, R.I.P. Yeah. And, uh, well, the video's frozen, but you can still hear us. So, <laughs> let me... Uh, Twitch, get it together, Twitch. Get this free service together. <laughs> and they stopped, they stopped the stream. They oh, shut it no. down. I'm sorry, Twitch. I was just joking, man. I was just joking. Why do they do us like that? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a joke. But uh, we'll figure it out shortly. See if we can come back. Anyway, um, so welcome to the podcast. And uh, we have a guest. Uh, She's been on here before. She was previously on our episode where we discussed the film Selena. Selena. And uh, she has started her own podcast since since that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's graced us with her presence once again. We have Aisha. Hi, everybody. (laughs) 
So thank you for um, having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Definitely. So um, tell the people, the uninitiated, uh, tell us about your podcast. So the Botanica podcast is a podcast that's geared towards love, sex, relationships, your health, and kind of just getting in tune with your spirituality as well. It's been a long time coming. I really have wanted to do this for several years now, so I'm definitely blessed that this has come to fruition. Um, but it's been a little, it's been a little um, jewel of mine to kind of sit here with you and you kind of be my anchor and my producer of such great things. So I really appreciate you as well. But it's been fun. It's been great. Ben, I want you to be on the show one day. Just let me know when. Yay. Yeah. So it's been a good time. You guys can listen and stream on every major platform. The Botanica Podcast. Yeah, Greg's dope in that way. He's a good producer. Heck yeah. I guess. They call um, <laughs> the bass. On uh, stuff they don't want you to know, they call them, they call their producer super producer. Um, I think it's yeah, super producer Paul Deccan. You're, you're super producer Greg. That's, that's, that's what you are. I don't. I was about to say your last name. I was like, I don't know if he wants people to know his government, but super producer Greg. I agree. Yeah. I agree with him. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate it. And I found the reason why the stream stopped because I'm out of space. So I'm trying to oh. clear some space as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear the reason, I think of that Hoobastang, that classic. <laughs> Grammy nominated oh, the reason. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder in the minds of the Academy, like how much of a chance did that have to win? Or was it just one of those like just be happy that you're here? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was Song of the Year? Yeah, it was not the Song of the Year, yeah. And that yeah, always just be, Yeah, just be happy to be And I just always <laughs> use that as like, well, you know that's one of the best songs ever written, right? <laughs> like why? Song of the Year nomination. It automatically gets put there. <laughs> Grammy-nominated Hoobastank. They can say that now. It qualifies them as Grammy-nominated. Yeah, there's probably places they can turn their noses up. Yeah. And not play. Like, they're probably at the point of where they should be playing the amp in Carrollton or the mill in Villarica, but they're like, no, we're nominated. We're Grammy-nominated. We can't do that. Not Villarica. We're we're too good for that. Yeah, it's like, do you know who we are? We're Hoobastank. Oh, God. We were nominated for a Grammy about 20 years ago, buddy. Like, come on. So um, as I'm still trying to clear out some space here, we can get to some of our music news. So uh, let me play the play the play the song here. So um, we're in the we're in the era of the Rona, and uh, there's a vaccine, and there are different uh, avenues that people go to uh, encourage people to get the vaccine and here is one of them Girl, 
throw like you need to vax that thing up. Feeling freaky all night, you need to vax that thing up. I know you can't stand it, no holding hands, chick. But when we get the shot, we gon' be romancing. Be the queen, at the quarantine. We can meet up at the spot and we can do the thing. Internet date chat, I'm your mate chat. Download the app, shorty, you ain't gotta wait chat. I love it when you hold me, ain't plan emoji. You could be the young hot thing, I'll be the OG. Girl, you look good, won't you vax that thing up? Use a handsome young brother, won't you vax that thing up? So, is there an unedited version? No. Where he says, vex that ass up. <laughs> so, that is uh, Juvenile and Manny Fresh. And Mia X, apparently, is also on this song. Sticky and hot. Go, 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 uh, go, get the shot. If you want to smash some dude named Scott. Go, 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 uh, go, get the shot. Some guy named go Scott. Go, some guy go, named Scott. Oh, you know they couldn't get Wayne on this probably because he's too big. Or he probably said no. You know what I'm saying? He's too big for this. He wouldn't have done this. See, kids, this is what happens when you own your masters. You can do this. You do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. As you notice, that track sounded the exact same. You want to know why? Because Cash Money produced everything in-house, no samples, they own all their masters. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't been doing this like Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot famously talks about that, how he was glad he held on to his masters. And right. So he can make, you know, um, Sir, he can make Baby Got Back whenever. That's what happens. <laughs> That's why they're able to do this. And I'm sorry. I lost it when Manny Fresh came. In. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best for me. <laughs> oh, man, that's classic. So is this like just big in New Orleans, or has this has this taken grip across the nation? Um, well, this came out two days ago. Okay. Um, I expect it to be top maybe of it board. will it will take over the nation. <laughs> I expect you know, this to be number one next week. The entire state of Louisiana is going to be vaccinated. <laughs> if not Louisiana, at least the Magnolia Projects. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the Magnolia Projects. Oh, that's. I mean, hey, you know, they're looking for people to kind of, you know, we've talked about some of the things that they've done, the lotteries, the Lollapalooza tickets. Um, and this is someone who, I mean, for better or worse, is a legend in Louisiana, getting out there and and, and pushing the, the vaccine to get people vaccinated, especially in the communities where it's not as trusted. You know, you want to hear it coming from somebody like that. That's going to mean a little bit more. few moments later. Aisha, any thoughts about the juvenile Manny Fresh revamping? Um, it was the I can't hold your hand until you get vaccinated <laughs> was the kicker for me. <laughs> <laughs> that that really did it for me. Um, I just feel like this is another ploy for black people to get vaccinated. And I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a weird it, situation. In your experience, um, I know you're more of the, you have more of a holistic approach, um, doctrine or, or whatever you might call it. Um, <laughs> do you think that, um, do you think we should be out here getting this vaccine? Oh, well, that's controversial. <laughs> um, I think that people should do what they want to do. I definitely think that people should do what they think is the best thing for their health. I believe in freedom of that. Um, 
But I would also tell people to research what exactly is in the vaccine before they get it, because a lot of people are allergic to some things. They can cause different um, things to happen if you already have pre-existing conditions. So I would definitely talk to your doctor before you decide to get it. And just do your research. Just be knowledgeable about what you're putting in your body. Pretty much, I mean, I don't think anybody, I would never tell anyone not to do something because I feel like we all have freedom Mm -hmm. to do what we want. And whatever is best for your health and you think that will keep you safe, then do that. Now, How do you feel about that, Greg? <laughs> no, be, like, Let's ask Greg. Uh, our last episode, we talked about um, the like the incentives yeah. for people, like Lollapalooza tickets or ice cream. Or <laughs> I mean, they were like giving out pre rolls to some of these people to like do the vaccine, mm-hmm. and then like there was a place that was giving out donuts, and I'm just like, <laughs> the worst thing to give out. Are we talking about health? Are we talking about things that are unhealthy? Like, what is it that we're discussing here? I mean, I I guess we're kind of in an era where people are like, well, what's in it for me? Yeah. That's what You know, instead of if it's something that's for the greater good that that is is branded that way. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, well, what do I get? Well, some people were like giving out $500. Did you hear about that? Like, if you got the back. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. What, what in, um... Was it Ohio, Ohio where you enter into lottery. a lottery? Yeah. Yeah. I thought about going up there and getting <laughs> stuck again. Like, just go to Ohio, pay off some debts. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, go for what you know. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um. So, I I thought that was interesting that, you know, they go this route, you know, let's let's remake this song and this was in partnership with the uh, dating app Black, BLK, uh, the largest dating app for black singles. Oh. Um, Didn't know that existed. Me either. <laughs> I, I did. I, I used it for a couple months. Oh, okay. okay. Totally. Similar or not similar to Black Planet? I'm no, it's now. it's Black Tender, basically. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's how it works? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's such that's the popular way to do it now. I mean... I mean, I mean, I'm, I am happily married and I have been with my wife. Well, I've been married for two years, but with her for God knows how long. But I still like remember the early, early days of Tinder, mm-hmm. like when it was before it became when it was. And like Matt and I, I'm, yeah, I'm putting you out there, Matt. But Matt <laughs> and I would try this thing out. Like we would have a show in Macon. We just like swiping right. Every girl we could find. And we're like, hey, you want to come to our show? <laughs> This is before us, before us. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it was it. Now it's just like this, you know, like that and Snapchat. Like they're just to see what they became. Yeah. But by the like by the time they became like what they were, I had no use for them. So like I can only speak to like yeah. When I was using it, man, it was not like this. <laughs> yeah, they've changed quite a bit. All of these dating apps throughout the years. Yeah. Um... And talk about it on your podcast, the ones that <clears throat> people pay for um, or just for like little things mm-hmm. like you're paying extra to like, OK, if someone liked your profile, you you have to pay to see that. Yeah. Say the, pay to see who that yeah, is before deciding to match with them. Yeah. So strange. Or um, paying to. Uh, to message someone, I don't know. I don't think that's Tinder, but some of them are are like that. You have to pay for like common sense yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's where their money is made. 
Well, it felt like it was to keep bots and things like that off because, mm. I mean, like, and I'm, God, I can't believe I'm admitting, admitting this. When I was single, I did try plenty of fish. Mm-hmm. And it was it completely too. free. It is a waste. And man. I started to understand why. <laughs> it's a waste. You paid for things like eHarmony because, like, you just got, like you said, Bots. it's yeah, it was such a waste. If, you, if anybody such who watches waste. Catfish, like, that's how 60% it happened. of the time, <laughs> oh, I met this person on Plenty of Fish. That's right, how there it you happens. Go. <laughs> it's so easy to get catfished on that yeah. app. Yeah, because there's, like, no verification <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> It's a, it's almost a joke. Like, <laughs> I was telling on the first podcast, I was like, I totally, everybody thought that I was a catfish. Like, everybody thought that I wasn't real. Oh, for real? Until they met me. Huh. And they were like, oh, you don't have enough in your bio to, like, <laughs> show that you're a real person. <laughs> right. that, that's some of the parameters I have used. When they got Manti Teo, man. You have, like, yeah. all these pictures, no bio? <laughs> no. They got that's how they got Manti Teo, man. That's like, me, man. That's what I did. Once they got him, it was like it's a done deal. Like you can't <laughs> trust nobody, bro. They got him. <laughs> like they got Manti Teo, like a, a almost Heisman winner going to the NFL, and they got it. They got him. Damn. No one is safe in these streets. <laughs> the dating world is hard. And those are his friends, right? Or his cousin, or something. I can't remember exactly. I just know like, that he, he was targeted. Yeah, I just know that she sounded not like a woman on the phone, <laughs> and I don't. But I guess when you're in love, you'll hear whatever you want to hear. You That's know? true. When when you have it's on so those colored glasses, that that, that show like, is still on. I watched the latest episode. Oh, they're the still day. getting oh, people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so sad. And it's people the same, are still falling. For it's it. the same. Like, okay, so you have you video chatted? No. Have you talked on the phone? No. So you don't know what their voice sounds like. All no. the classic. But like, do you have any any of their pictures? These are the ones they texted me. And it's clearly a, a a screenshot from Instagram. Did you do a Google reverse image search? Did you do that much? Not a some screenshot. some do that, but th- well, what I realized on that show, on the show, yeah. on the show, when they do the image search, mm-hmm. it never works. Well, on Instagram, <laughs> it almost Instagram never has works. A thing set up to where you can't reverse search their pictures. I forgot you can't do that. So if it's someone stealing pictures from IG, you're not going to find them. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they encrypted. Uh, yeah. Catfishers, here's <laughs> some free game. Still from Instagram. <laughs> you don't want to be found. S- screenshot it from Instagram. They'll never. Find They'll you. never know. <laughs> They'll never know it was you. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, one of our uh, episodes, um, I can't remember the title of it exactly, but we talked about Woodstock '99 and just the the chaos that the festival became uh, along with um, basically new metal was everything. The trap of its day. <laughs> oh, the trap music oh, of its day. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> it was totally the trap music. The singers were douchebags and <laughs> it just didn't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> <laughs> the production's top notch. The singers are kind of dicks. Like, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Like it's it's a it's a lot of talented musicians. Oh, yes. But the front man is just someone you, you don't want to be around. Someone you don't want to be around. And he's probably the front man because the P.A. is his. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we're really just talking about Fred Durst. Here. Yeah, it's Fred Durst. <laughs> Jonathan Davis is cool. Yeah, Jonathan Davis is like a cool Durst. guy. Fred Durst is like, <laughs> I've heard he's reformed, but like back then, all the you know all the red cap, oh god, yeah, the red baseball cap. 
I don't know if you remember this, Aisha, but in high school there was uh, during Spirit Week or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a we had Celebrity Day, and there was a black kid <laughs> that dressed up as that him. dressed as Fred Durst. <laughs> I don't remember that. Like That's he couldn't hilarious. get a Jaguars hat. He's not even from New York. He had a he had a red Yankees hat. Uh. He carried a guitar and he clearly did not play it. He did not well, play that. Guitar. I mean, that's okay. That's in character because neither does Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, wow. that's totally in character. That's hysterical. He's being I, held up by like Morgan. I need a video or like a picture of this kid. Uh, I need to find one. I'll, I'll, I'll check my yearbook, see yeah. if he's in there. See, what's funny is like <laughs> all the things that we have to remember because we didn't have all of these. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's like a gift and a curse. Like, man, I wish I remembered that. But I'm glad I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> glad I don't remember that. So uh, there will be a, um, this was the third Woodstock because there was a Woodstock 94, which was the 25th anniversary of the first one. This was the 30th anniversary of the original one. But in this one, um, it was hot. Yeah. The bottle of uh, bottles of water were $4. The <clears throat> porta potties didn't work. And lots of angry white men. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy about that is they've really, because you mentioned the water bottles are $4. Why? The water bottles even more now. It's like they looked at what they did wrong. And perfected it into the modern day festival. Yeah. Like they really looked as like, yeah, don't do that. Metal bands. Yeah. No, they they don't play when it's hot and there's fire around. We don't do that. It's insane. You can't sing songs about fire. So don't bring the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> like you can't do like they just they studied. This is crazy, though. This is this is happening. Um, of course, lots of fights, fires, <laughs> multiple reports of sexual assault. And um it does feature interviews with uh, with Black Thought. I don't know if the Roots perform there, oh, but cool. uh, Jonathan Davis, of course, mm-hmm. Moby, oh, Jewel. He was a, oh wow, nice. The Offspring. I'm sure they performed there. Oh yeah, they sounded rough. And uh, <laughs> our 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 favorite frontman, Scott Staff. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Fred. I was like, dude, no, but no, Scott Staff. Did they find him at the hotel down in Tampa? <laughs> I'm not joking. He was homeless at yeah. some point, like living at a hotel. Like, it's really sad, man. You're in one of the biggest bands at the turn of the century. And then he just threw it all away. Threw it all away. And they, they just kicked you out and they formed another band. Got a better singer. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar player actually started trying at guitar and became like highly respected. It is That is like a come up, dude. Like, if you think about that. Like, everyone in Creed got better when they joined Alter Bridge. <laughs> just somehow, like, Marchamani says, yeah, I just studied really hard for, like, two years. And, they, like, no, dude, you did not just study for two years <laughs> and get this good. You were clearly holding back in Creed. But you don't want to hurt Scott's feelings by saying it. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, yeah, I just went in my basement and came out better. <laughs> no. I remember Ryan Barber told me that. He was like, he just went in, he just studied John Pertucci. No, like you have to study for years to get that good. You just don't do that in like a year and a half, man. That's like practice. Like you just years and years of practice. Like a really bad montage. <laughs> <laughs> they made me laugh. They just left him in the dust. Uh, <laughs> so this uh, this is actually the first film in a documentary series on HBO. 
okay. called Music Box. Oh, nice. Dope. Uh, they will have one called Jagged later this year about Alanis Morissette. Okay. <gasps> Ooh. <clears throat> there is an untitled DMX film oh. coming. Okay. There is one called Listening to Kenny G. Nice. All right. All right, y'all, y'all they all over the place here. Um, yeah, they really are, man. <laughs> Mr. Saturday Night, which is about Robert Stigwood, who was a, um, I think he was a producer. Yeah, I'm saying that's getting kind of, I don't know him. That's what it says, American British entrepreneur. But I think he helped the, uh, oh, he managed Cream and the Bee Gees. Oh, sweet. Okay. And he was a producer. He produced Saturday Night Fever. What? I've yeah. never even heard of this man. He yeah. produced Saturday Night Fever. That's pretty. So he, big he brought accolade. he brought he brought disco <laughs> yeah. to the masses. Essentially, okay, that's pretty awesome. He also produced Grease. After so bringing what? John Travolta owes him. <laughs> I'm so surprised I've never heard of him. Like okay, Cream and then the Bee Gees. Right. Yeah. Like you can't. That's so different, man. Like that's. <laughs> Talk about versatility. Like for one for band a very short like... time, he's the most powerful man in Hollywood. Because he, he also produced the Sgt. Pepper's, the movie, oh, Sgt. Oh, Pepper's. Yeah. So he had the Beatles down to, okay. He produced the soundtrack for Fame. And uh, he produced Evita. Wow. The, 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 the film. Ma- the Madonna one? Oh, my yeah. god! Whoa, so he's been at it for a minute. Uh, he passed away I mean, he, five years ago. Yeah, he's but, dead now, but yeah, he's been doing this yeah. for a while. Okay. I love that soundtrack. Tommy, me. another big musical. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, what? wow. Okay. Like in the, the 70s was his time. That was his time. Wow. So that would be uh, that would be interesting um, to, to see that there is one man behind some iconic 70s stuff. Yeah. And there's also an untitled Juice World film coming. What? I I'm I'd be interested in that absolutely because he was supposed to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I could really see it, was. Though. I could see it, and you could. And he was he was that perfect mix of. It was almost like he was like the opposite of Elvis. Elvis, of course, being made because Colonel Tom Parker. If I can find a white guy who can sing like a black man, I can get rich. This if I can sing, a black, black guy has mm-hmm. all these white influences. Emo, yeah, and it's heavily influenced by Nirvana. So I yeah mm. I, I'm very curious to see it. That's one of those gone too soon, man. I think so yeah. too. He would have been huge. I mean, he's even in death, he's really really popular. Yeah, it's crazy. And he could. I mean, we only got like a taste of what he was able to do. So there is a. Um, I think there's a uh, new album coming from Juice World, and there are there were a few albums that came out recently. I know on I know with Migos, and I want to say Doja Cat, but I'm not sure. But they're they're they have songs with Juice World. I don't know if they like actually recorded them with him mm-hmm. or like we have some Juice World vocals that aren't being used anywhere. Mm-hmm. You want to buy them? You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's like that. Yeah. But uh, there's there's sprinkles of unreleased stuff, and there's going to be a new album coming. That's from exciting. It. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that. So uh, yeah, uh, interesting documentary series. So. We got more topics uh, in the future. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, talked about DMX. The the autopsy came out that the I thought it was a it was a for lack of a better phrase a good old fashioned heart attack. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not want to laugh at that. 
but it was induced by cocaine use, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, to me, it doesn't diminish what what I what I think about DMX and and how I feel about him yeah. and and what he what his music meant to me. I don't think that should be the case for anybody. I think so. You know, yeah. like this, our podcast was started after, kind of inspired after Prince's death, right? And we didn't find it for like two years, I think. Yeah. What the actual cause was. <laughs> I mean, it was a fentanyl overdose. Yeah. Um, and through documentaries and, and reading stuff, you know, he was, that is a drug that you can easily overdose on. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's not meant for humans. Yeah. It's a horse tranquilizer, I believe. So, like, when that when that happens, we find out, like, oh, it was an overdose of something or, you know, it caused a heart attack. You know, I understand, yeah, they put out that report, you know, to understand what happened to that particular person. Um, but some people try to use it to... Um, bash that person one more time. Yeah, yeah. which I don't name. like. Yeah. I don't like that. So I, I mean, it's he had drug issues throughout his life. Um. So it, it to me, it's more like it's not surprising, but it's still it's it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's um, even at the end, he still having those issues he's still fighting those demons yeah and that's because of that that's why we got the art he made Mm -hmm. but it's also what killed him yeah yeah um another story i had was uh oh you're you're familiar with the the deep fake videos right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so now this is being done not just with people's faces, but with their voice. It's only uh, a matter of time. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. And uh, I saw this story on Billboard where it said uh, that it's fan fiction for music. Interesting. So basically you can get them to sing a song that you wanted them to sing. Yeah. That's interesting because there are songs I have, I've wanted to hear other artists do. An example hmm. that a prominent example yeah. has been uh, this is I uh, found this on YouTube. Um, what if Eminem wrote "My Name Is" in 2021? What would it sound like? It would probably sound like. Um, so here's a short. Uh, that's that guy who did the song with version um, of it. with Machine Gun Kelly, not Black Bear, but there's a rapper who I can't think of his name. Oh, hold on, it won't. I had it muted. Hold on a second. Okay, MIDI keyboard. <laughs> Hi kids, do you like violence? Fuck yeah. Wanna see me dye my hair bright green, just like Billy Eilish? So edgy. Wanna copy me and do exactly like I did? Violin and get fucked up worse than my life is? Oh, my brain's dead weight. These zanies keep my head straight, but I can't figure out which K-pop girl I wanna impregnate. And some random bitch on Twitter said, Your album fucking sucks ass. I think I'd rather listen to Drake instead. Well, since age 12, I felt like I'm someone else. Watching porn on the internet and choking myself with a bell. Got pissed. 
pissed off and ripped Donald Trump's wig clean off. Smacked him so hard he had a heart attack like Rick Ross. I took the benzos too fast. They fall on my ass faster than a fat bitch who sat down too fast. Come here, sly shady, wait a minute, that's my mom, dog. I don't give a fuck, God sent me to get your mom off. That's the end. Okay. Um... <laughs> It sounded like a tryhard, like they just basically replaced it with a bunch of really cool things that happen now. Zannies. That's when I kind of felt like, are you <laughs> trying too hard here? Um, I think if you had an if you had a rapper like Eminem, he's he's gonna sound way more aggressive, and he's not gonna be as funny. I think yeah. you probably yeah. hear more of his aggressive stuff. Yeah. He Young Blood is the rapper I was trying to think of, who's like a mix between like a rapper and a rocker. Um. I can see that. Yeah, I think he'd be kind of like that. So, Billie Eilish. You... Name drop Billie Eilish? Yeah, he Come totally on. did. And Drake. <laughs> uh, there's another one here uh, that says, Kanye West reads Kanye tweets. Let's see how this sounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, are they any good? Like, who's, are well, they Well, the production on that was these? clearly uh, horrible. Yeah. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> you may be talented, but you are not Kanye West. I want to edit the film on a boat. Where are the good in the ten boats? I dressed to impress myself. I screen grabbed those pants and sent it to my style team. Hashtag, which way is cool pants? I'm ye, and I ain't gotta say it the right way. I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye. Maybe. Was this supposed to say that they think he's gone crazy and this would be a performance art? That was giving performance art for sure. Like that's. <laughs> for that's sure. weird. Yeah, it sounded crazy. I'm ye, I'm ye, I'm ye. <laughs> I mean, that was the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know what the, yeah, I think that was like a good. Kanye West copy. No, it was horrible. Yeah. But <laughs> early deep fakes didn't look that good. True. Now they look pretty damn good. This so, is true. It's gonna get better yeah, and better. So with the AI. Yeah. And I came up on this because I saw um I was watching one video on YouTube from uh, Cody Co. And he was talking about you are you familiar with Darman? <laughs> yes, those awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Darman videos. has he has like 10 million subscribers oh, on so YouTube bad. and he makes these short films basically about like not judging people mm-hmm. but the 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 writing is so it's kind of worse than basic but he he said it's he did that because he it's these videos are being shown around the world and it's for people a lot of them are for people where English is not their first language mm. so it it's written in a this really like Stilted Very elementary way, way too, yeah. and and yeah, Have, big, um, you know, on, big on the stereotypes on every side. Yeah, like, there was a character. Every, there's stereotypes with everyone that misjudged a, a black man, and she was literally named Karen. Okay. Yeah, like it's yeah. that transparent. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like Karen, get your things. It's like, did he just call her Karen? Like, because there there was one video <laughs> where uh, this kid uh, is riding a bike, and some guy like hits him and takes his bike. It was, a, it was a white kid who got knocked over and his bike was stolen. And the black guy goes and chases the guy who took the bike. And he chases him for like three blocks or something. And he gets the bike back. And he's um, 
he's come he's walking back with the bike and uh the boy's mom comes out and because the guy was looking for like where's the where's that boy's house he was looking for his house to give him his bike back and the the boy's mom comes out and he's like you have my son's bike i'm going to call the police or and then a, and then a cop comes and has him handcuffed oh and my gosh, all that what? he's like i didn't steal i didn't steal his yeah. bike i was bringing the bike back she didn't believe him and then the boy comes out of nowhere because I guess he went the other way to go look for his bike. He's like, oh, you brought my bike back. Thanks, mister. And then, you know, and then the cop has to let him go. But it was basically like, you know, don't don't judge people by their cover. And, no, that's, yeah, and that will be the, the name of the video. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be like, like white mom judges black men by and, a cover. Like it's no, like and, a, and it'll it'll be something like and instantly regrets it. That's yeah. in every title and instantly. It seems regrets like his it. heart's in the right place, but like my god, are those videos cheesy, man? Oh, but, like, I have to so watch that. But watch. the thing with like Darman is like the the the, the king of this, right? <laughs> but because he's the king, there are copycats. Oh, there are copycats. So, yeah, there are copy. Who there are people that? copying the his format. Oh god. There was one where they copied it. Uh, it was another. I think there's another one in England that another guy in England that's been. He does it. He does it the same way, but he has his own content. Mm-hmm. So people are stealing from him too, like line for line. Oh jeez. Just ripping him off. Stealing from the stealer of Darman. <laughs> but there was one where um, it was this cop who's uh, trying to arrest this nine-year-old girl, this nine-year-old black girl, and it turns out her dad is the chief of police. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, they sh- the clip that I saw, it was like, hey, that's my daughter. But But then, like, at the end of the video, the guy who makes it, he's like, well, we were trying to do something here. Uh, we wanted to. We were trying to deep fake Denzel Washington because the 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 chief like he's black, so they they tried to deep fake Denzel Washington's face on this guy, and it looks terrible. It looked like a Snapchat filter because <laughs> it probably was. Not and a it's, Snapchat filter. And there was like no emotion on the face, so it just looks really awkward. And there was no reason to do that. No, it didn't sound. Why like would it. you deep fake Denzel Washington? Is that gonna? You think that will get you more views? <laughs> you think he would want to be in it for real the next time? Like I, so I don't. I I don't know why these deep fake things are such a why people spend so much time on them because it's like for what? Yeah. It's, what is this all? For? Well, I like <laughs> the point though of it though as being fan fiction for music. Because you could, mm. I mean, like, let's say, like, you're able to get, you're able to get, like, a really good Freddie Mercury oh. deep fake voice. You can have, like, oh, what would it sound like if, you know, Freddie Mercury sung this or something? Like, that'd be kind of cool because he's dead and you can't do that. You yeah. Know? He probably wouldn't anyway. <laughs> Even if he was alive, he wouldn't do it. But, like, it'd just be kind of cool. Or, like, I mean, because it, it almost kind of seems to me like, so right after, um, Actually, no, it wasn't after Eddie Van Halen. That was right before he died, actually. Somebody did this video that I, some guy I follow on Instagram does a video of four guitar players, how they would have um, approached the Stairway to Heaven solo. And so he does like one of Eddie Van Halen, Eric Johnson, and I forget who the other two were. And it's basically like, you know, he played solos in their style and nailed it. Sounded Ooh, really good. That oh, yeah, there was cool. one. Uh, was it the cool. same guy who... Um... Uh, 
it was the song "Get Lucky" by Daft Punk. Different guy, but I know what you're talking about. Where he plays it like yeah, he plays the guitar. Like, and, yeah, he yeah. plays like like thirty different guys. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's just he's he was seamless. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it was similar to that, only with the solo to "Stairway to Heaven." And of course, he's not playing it note for note. He's just playing it yeah, how they would play it. You know, nice. some tapping, twin tapping. You know, the really um, the the very thick toned. Um, Strat sound for Eric Johnson. I wish I could think of the other two, but like he he nailed it. And it was just like we'll never get to hear them do that. Mm-hmm. But that was like kind of cool. I would like to hear that for for singers. That'd be kind of cool. Like to yeah. hear like how would Freddie Mercury have songs "Stairway to Heaven"? I think better. Don't come for me, Zeppelin stands. <laughs> if there's any out there, um, I think he would have done it better. But that's just because I prefer. But you, you think Freddie some? Mercury I, to I, I, it would probably be hard to pull off. But do you think somebody would try to say that? Um, like try to market it as a real song. I mean, maybe. So I mean, and actually, we can talk about this when we get to my earworm because I still don't know if this is a vocal deep fake. It sounds like <laughs> him, but it could be somebody imitating him. Um, if the artist is alive, maybe. You know, if you can get it to market quick enough, but like, like finding some like, because Prince has. Thousands, yeah. thousands of hours of unreleased material. Yeah. Like he actually wrote a song that The Weeknd did or something. <laughs> so, but the other thing it you have to think about singing too, blinding lights. Would people buy it though? Because somebody might be like, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. I'll stream that. But how do we feel about people monetizing off of like a late great artist's voice? They're like, gonna do it. They're, they're whether or not it I don't like it. They're, whether or not we like it or not, they're gonna. Whether or not it feels like they shouldn't, because like before he was even warm. I mean, before he was even cold, still warm body. What are they doing? Open up the vault. Mm-hmm. Get these. Mm-hmm. Get them on streaming. Like everything that Prince did not stand for. I know his estate did it, and I feel bad saying that. Like. Like, it's kind of like this weird thanks because now I have access to all this music. Mm-hmm. But as you just said, like. The late great prince, what would he have wanted? Right. Does his family, does his estate even care what he would have wanted? Right. Because I, I, and I can say this as an artist, I'd prefer my wishes. Like if I'm an artist and if I'm Prince, and Prince was a perfectionist. He was. There's probably a lot of this stuff he didn't want to hear, want us to hear because. He didn't think it was good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, there's a part in the second verse where like this happened and I should have, that should have been a seventh chord and I made it a nine and I don't want you to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could have been something that minuscule to where we don't even hear it. But like, those are his wishes. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like this weird, you know, and then the way he was about his music. You know, going by the symbol and saying, if you don't own your masters, your masters own you and being the first person to get on the Internet, but just being very particular about where his music was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was his wish. But was even body still warm and they couldn't wait. I know. To get his stuff out there yeah, to make about, money. Um, <laughs> now his whole house is a museum. I think it was last year with. Uh, yeah. The la- mean, last Jesus. year with um, what well, we talked. I think we talked about it with Abraham, but that uh, sign of the times box set which yeah. had like okay the album itself is like nine ten songs but then it was like these it was like a seven disc set yeah. of remixes but then also a lot of unreleased material mm-hmm. there was a concert that was held at paisley park that had never been seen yeah um or at least to the public so oh, wow all of the it's 
Yeah, yeah his his legacy is being bastardized. Mm. Yeah, um, you need what yeah. you need really is, and I mean, of course, you don't think about this because you can't say this when you know, what's going to happen, but. You need people in your corner like Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic who will go to bat for you. That's true. Yeah. That's like, true. If it were up to Courtney, <laughs> who knows there would what would have happened? No mm-hmm. unreleased Nirvana yeah. stuff. It would all be out there. Like, I mean, hell, she still gets accused for stealing his stuff for her albums. <laughs> so, like, but Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic are like, no, you're not going to do this. And they have the power to do it because they were a part of Nirvana. Yeah. So they can fight this because. Yeah, she would have put out everything, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, that whole situation is super sad. Yeah, like she just like, oh, I want this box set. I want this box set. And they're like, no, chill. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> so, did you guys watch the show, that, that movie that they did, the animated movie about it? Mm-mm. No, I, I didn't know there was an animated movie. Yeah, there's like an animated movie about his life and his death. I didn't know that. And they talk about her being the cause of his death and all that stuff. A lot of, there's, there, there, there are two schools <sighs> yeah. of thought on that. Yeah. <laughs> It's it goes it goes in very deep. You guys have to see this. I have to figure out what the name is. It's crazy though. Yeah, and unfortunately, just not everyone has, has those, those sorts people of people that you, you can that you can trust. And yeah. it's his. And the, what makes it even more rare is his. It's his bandmates. Yeah. 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 And like, no, we're going. We'll we'll protect this. Not his family. Not his family. <laughs> his bandmates. His bandmates who who seem you to would be think they would be out pe- for themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they seem to be decent people. Like, I don't know them. I mean, Dave Grohl just seems like one of the coolest people ever. I just yeah. love to hang with them. And Chris Novoselic just seems like a decent human being. And I feel like that's what decent human beings do. They don't, you know. I mean, hell, I, and I saw the video come up again today where Dave Grohl didn't even feel right putting out music. Yeah. Mm. You know, like after everything happened and how he had to be, get encouraged by people to even start to do it again. Yeah. That's how, you know, how hurt he felt by it and how important of a figure he felt that Kurt was. So, you know, whereas like, you know, I just never got that past the the tearful, the the crying message that, you know, Courtney Love puts out, never truly felt that she cared that much. I don't know her like that, but like it, it just never felt like she ever had his best interest. Yeah. At hand. Like that's supposed to be your, your, your widow. You're a widow. That's your husband. And it just like, why do Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic care more about his legacy than you do. Yeah. Like they they want to protect it. <laughs> yeah, and you and, just like and kind of want to leave it how it is because <laughs> if if more stuff's put money. out, then that could change people's perspective. Yeah. It shouldn't, mm-hmm. yeah. but it can. It really can. Like you know, it's kind of that way with with Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. There, as much as as much material he has, I mean, you could say okay, crazy work ethic. Yeah. Um. Because basically to have that much material, you were in the studio every day for three years yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. All the time. And and doing everything in one take. And this is before a lot of <laughs> a lot writing, of portable writing, writing. Re- recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you couldn't just like, let's just take a laptop and no, you're like in the studio studio. Yeah. So yeah. That movie, by the way, was the montage of Heck, the one with Kurt Cobain. It's really, okay. really good. You gotta watch out. it. It's super good. All right, so let's get to the um, uh, get to the charts here. So number one on the Hot 100 this week is still Butter by BTS. <laughs> number two, Good for You by Olivia Rodrigo. Number three, Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number four, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring The Baby. Debuting at number five, 
Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. And it, why? Why? You look a little scary, right? Why is he? Why is he dressed like a vampire? Because what else is there to do if you're Ed Sheeran? And he's wearing a suit. <laughs> Does this song sound like a weekend song? I haven't heard it, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, he did kind of get some shine off of coming up with Taylor Swift. Maybe he's taking her route. Maybe he's done being the British John Mayer. <laughs> if there's some scent on this song. Oh, I'm sure there is. Not uh, the British John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, uh, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. That album ain't coming, y'all. That album ain't he coming. He said it was coming. No, it ain't coming. He said it on BET. He said, wait, when they when they won the award, he said it's coming. They've been saying that for months. <laughs> we got to give Bruno some time. We got to give Anderson Park This was supposed time. to be a, one, a one-time thing. Hey, let's make this song together. Oh, now they want an album? <laughs> It's like I told you, this is one album, man. The album hasn't been written yet. That's what. That's what. That's what is. they're doing. They're writing. <laughs> Still trying to write it. <laughs> um, number seven, Peaches, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon. I'm hearing that song on TV more, and I thought I couldn't hate the song anymore, but now I do. Now you do. I hate that song. You have a disdainment for the song. At, it's nonsense. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, number eight, Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Number nine, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. And number 10, Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. So uh, officially three hits. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Nice. So we can call her one album wonder at best, but she's only made one. Yeah. So we can't say that yet. Um, so, uh, the albums, Billboard 200, debuting at number one, I've heard a lot of good things about this album, Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, the Creator, debuts at number one. It should be. Uh, number, debuting at number two, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number three, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number four, The Voice of the Heroes by Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. Number five, Hall of Fame by Polo G. Number six. He's still around. Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. <laughs> they don't listen to him. They don't listen to what he says. Don't support me. No, we got to buy this. I'm wondering if he this. is the most successful The Voice alum. He has to be. For I, me, he is. You know why? Because I don't know anybody else. He's the, what's crazy is like, I didn't even know. Because I just I don't expect them the to be either. successful. I didn't know he was on The Voice either. I don't expect them to do anything. It's just like, I was on The Voice. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. One of the, one of the <laughs> exactly. people who recorded my recorded a demo for me was on The Voice. I'm like, oh, God, that's what you're doing now? I'm like, you're on The Voice. <laughs> he is the outlier of The yeah. Voice. No one cares about the contestants. They're like, I don't show. know how he did it either. <laughs> it's all about the judges. That's true. Adam Levine makes $30 million being on The Voice. Insane. I bet Blake Shelton is salty. He's like, he's still on the charts? Man, should I make a video like that? No, Blake, no. no. You've got a family. <laughs> uh, number seven, Culture 3 by Migos. Number eight, Inside the Songs by Bo Burnham. Number nine, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. And number 10, Justice by Justin Bieber. And let's look at the artist 100. 
number one this week. He has a new album. Tyler, the creator is number one. And uh, he was number 48 last week. So that's just how this works. That's how this <laughs> works. It's such music. a good album. It is an impeccable album, I have to say. He did it. I saw some clips from a secret a secret concert he did. and um, For Amazon? Uh, I don't know if it was, it was, I don't know what it was for. It was just. I saw. I just saw that he had done a, a secret show right when the album came out, mm-hmm. and this. I was like, I was like, I, I'm, I'm looking at the picture from Billboard. It's like, okay, this is from the last album. This is his Igor. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw <laughs> it, like, yeah. but he's not still dressing like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that kind of threw up. But he, um, like, I, and I saw some clips of him like making songs, and it, it was kind of like whatever. He just started playing something. I don't know if it turned into something, but he just started playing this melody, and then he started expanding on like in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's writing a new song. He's super talented. Um, and there's a clip of where like I guess he he was getting hot on stage, and he he saw uh, someone in the crowd with a fan, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Let me get that fan." Yeah. So they gave it to him. <laughs> He's like, we gotta, we gotta give him something, and he gave him cash. I don't know how much it was, but oh he gave him cash for that fan. <laughs> it sounds like something he would do at a show. Um, no, uh, number two is Olivia Rodrigo. Number three, Doja Cat. Number four, BTS. Number five, The Weeknd. Number six, Ed Sheeran. So the most influential artist in black music. Is back. Yes. <laughs> He's back. He was on this for like, when we started this podcast, he was on the list for like three years straight in the yeah. top 10. And then he, and then he fell off, but now, now he's back. He's going to be, he's going to be here for the next three I guess, years. Well, Ed Sheeran is as popular as he wants to be at any given point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I choose to come back when I won't. Like, <laughs> and he chooses to come back with what is, it says dan- dance pop um, as, as the description. So there's probably some synth in there. Oh, absolutely. So go ahead and it's okay, Greg. It's all right. We got to listen to it. I'll, I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hear it and then see if he's ripping off the weekend because he, he's wearing the, 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 wearing the suit. It's pink. He's wearing a pink suit and the weekend was wearing a red suit. You have to put the guitar down sometimes, man. You have to put... <laughs> <laughs> Like when Andre Hughes yep, told John yep. Legend to get from behind the piano. <laughs> uh, number seven is Lil Baby. Uh, apparently, uh, more rappers are starting to say he's the best. I had to hear a lot rapper. about him this weekend. Um, yeah. How do you feel about him, Ben? I mean, all right, so make sure, because I'm going to sound old here now, because my brother-in-law <laughs> loves, he was on the Drake song, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, he thinks that, he thinks that he is um, Atlanta's version of Drake, is what he told me. Oh, and thinks he is. He thinks he is one of the best in the game. I mean, he's, oh. he's younger than me. He's like what twenty seven, I think. But yeah, he loves Lil Baby, and Everybody. I mean, I've given him some listens. I'm not even gonna sit here in front like I just listen to new rap all the time. It's harder for me to listen to newer rap, but I did hear his verse on that Drake song, and it was pretty good. He raps very aggressively. I'd almost be willing, more willing to say he's like our version of. Um, the guy who raps really hard from Philly. I cannot think of his name right now. Meek Mill? Meek Mill. Yeah, he just was yelling. Like, so much yelling. Mm. Meek Mill yells a lot. So is Lil Baby. I, but that's all I've ever heard. So if he doesn't yell all the time, forgive me. 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, little baby's in jail now. You heard about that? No, what happened? <laughs> him oh, and James yeah. Harden. Him and James Harden. Like he got he got arrested in Paris. <laughs> right. James Harden. He's hanging they out hang with out. James they Harden. They hang out all the time. Were they some in some in Paris? Were they that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I thought when I seen the picture. I was like, oh, this is definitely ball so hard. <laughs> was it tw- 20, 20, I don't know if it's twenty ounces. Or twenty pounds of weed were found. Twenty Wait, pounds. Whoa. Twenty pounds, Craig. Wait, it's not legalized over there. Holy crap! Uh, let, let me pull. Let it me up, shut up I, for I, someone I... to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. That's a lot of. That's a they, lot of. It was wine. twenty twenty something. Twenty pounds of something, and they were suspected of transport. Oh. So yeah. They think it's it's drug trafficking. Clearly, James and he's facing up to two Olympics. years in jail in France. Whoa, locked up abroad. Two years. But you know who wasn't arrested? James Harden. I don't know. Wait, how. what? Because he's got to come back and play the Nets. <laughs> I don't know. How Nets James are odds Harden favorites to win the title next year. You, you can't lock up James Harden. But how did he escape this? Because he's got a good step back jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not playing in the Olympics. I, I don't know. I'm telling you. So police checked the vehicle that smelled like cannabis. And that's what the girl said. And they shared a video and said that the vehicle, that the search was justified. So they smelled some weed and went to check for it. And it's this. And I think uh, he was arrested and maybe two other people were arrested. Oh, wow. But not James Harden. And James Harden was in the same vehicle i'm telling you that is why like we think of like we know little baby everyone knows james harden mm-hmm. <laughs> like you the nba is global you're a global superstar mm-hmm. that'd be like trying to lock up like lebron james oh god like that's yeah. just not that's an international incident joe biden would fly to france <laughs> <laughs> if he got arrested i mean like if we're being real donald trump kind of got Lamelo ball <laughs> out of jail in China? Yeah, no, he totally. didn't. <laughs> I feel he did like not. He, That's why I'm using do anything. I'm doing I don't air know. Quotes. I don't he know. He didn't do anything to help him. That's why I said air quotes. So how he get out then? <laughs> <laughs> they knew the uh, ball threatened them. <laughs> right. <Didn't> they, <laughs> that could be the case. They knew somebody. Somebody knew somebody at UCLA knew somebody from Alibaba. Mm-hmm. That had influence in China. Okay. So it was somebody knew somebody to help, but that somebody was not Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump used it as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, Joe Biden will get an Air no, Force One. Welcome. You didn't do anything. He you will fly to Paris anything. and he will go get LeBron James. Uh, he will yes. get LeBron himself. He will oh, get yeah. him himself. <laughs> I am here to surrender to discuss the surrender. <laughs> Okay, but where, where's that would the line? Definitely happen. Where's the line? Like for okay. NBA players? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're getting. I think they, Trey Young would get arrested. Really? <laughs> Just being real, he ain't there yet. He had one good playoff run. He's not there. He's not there yet. So LeBron James, yes. Steph Curry, absolutely. Yes. Come Steph on. Curry, yeah, yeah. Joe Biden would fly. Giannis, Maybe KD too. Kevin Durant, I think so. Yeah. What about Kyrie? I don't know. He kind of said the earth was flat. He's given so. a lot of controversial Yeah, vibes. he's done a lot of. Okay, gotcha. I have his shoes and I call them my flat earthers. <laughs> That's a great nickname. He's got the eye of the all-seeing eye on there. I'm not joking. Okay, it is on the, the shoe. Does he have that on there? Yeah. If the Suns win the championship, is Chris Paul, does he get that privilege? 
I think he and does they, And now. the Suns won tonight. So they're up to They did? Yes. Okay, congratulations to them for sure. I mean, maybe because he's already known as Point God. So maybe. Or maybe he sends uh, Kamala Harris to go get him. Maybe. I can't. But if it's LeBron, yes. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. Send me. <laughs> okay, so there, there's a line with Joe Biden. So you put, Chris, you put Chris Paul in the Kamala Harris yeah, category. Yeah, Kamala Harris. So, like, okay. maybe, like, I'm trying to think of somebody else who's big but not, like, Maybe like Carmelo Anthony a few years ago, Kamala Harris goes oh, da- over. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cause Dame's big, but he's not like Joe Biden hop on Air Force One big, you know. Like there's only a few players that big. Or if it was uh What about A D? Maybe well Are we getting A D out of jail? Well he's hurt a lot lately, so I don't know <laughs> like if they consider it worth it, you know? <laughs> he stay hurt. Like they call him street clothes. <laughs> Is that what Charles Barkley called? <laughs> And they well, got people saying like they should this. trade him for Dame. So if, he's not, if LeBron, oh, wow, he I might even he, heard that. That's AD's awesome. not in either category, <laughs> unless LeBron made the call. If he called Joe Biden, yeah, can you yeah. Get yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Then, then it would like, happen. But I LeBron you, would have I to got say, you, "Can LeBron. you go get him?" I got you, LeBron. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if this were Michael Jordan back in the day, n- nothing even happens. No, he's it's Michael Jordan. It's like, we're sorry, Mr. Jordan. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. They let him go. Whatever you want. <laughs> and he's chilling. <laughs> no, he'll be like, uh, we'll let you go if you sign a couple autographs. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's okay. okay. I'm well, sorry, sorry for asking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for asking. Sorry, you're earnest. Like, <laughs> and whoever was president at the time would call. And he's like, it's all good. It, whether it's George H.W. Bush or whether it's Bill Clinton. No, it'll be, it'll be, <laughs> it would be they would call. To talk to Michael, mm-hmm. like, Michael, yeah, do you need okay? anything? Oh, no, I, no, I got no. this. Yeah. I got, I got We're sitting here smoking. We're good. <laughs> I'm walking out right now. <laughs> and then he go and drop, like, 40 on the Paris national team. <laughs> right. The French national team. That's what would totally happen. Yes. And that, oh, God. And then the, uh, the Last Dance documentary, it started with them playing those exhibition games. Yeah, over in Paris. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that like whole just, documentary. So, this is a story, so that's footage we never got. It yeah. probably already really happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would it's never like, know. You have, like, the um, – <laughs> it reminds me – I don't know why I'm thinking of Jean Renault. Like his character oh, from yeah. um, Mission Impossible, it was like be easier than breaking into the damn CIA. Like I just imagine him saying, "Like we got Michael Jordan locked up in the back. You got damn Michael Jordan locked up in the back. <laughs> Get him out now! Are you crazy? Get him out now! Get him out! <laughs> He's set to play tonight. He he has to be out. <laughs> oh man! And it's like the guy he only watches soccer, so he didn't know. Yeah, it's like I'm who sorry. is that? I'm sorry, I did not know. <laughs> Uh, so that'll do it for our music news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ben, tell us about your very interesting earworm of the week. So, Where did you find this? Um, I don't know. Some dude on TikTok, man. I, I love TikTok lately. Um, so some guy on TikTok made a video about um, Babyface releasing the demo to Rocksteady. Rocksteady by The Whispers came out in the 80s. Babyface wrote the song, wrote and produced the song, actually. And I think he played most of the instruments on it, too. But this is supposed to be a demo of that song. Apparently, a lot of people are going wild about it. It came out, I think, a few months ago. Um, It's released on Spotify under someone named Lil Babyface. And it looks like a baby version of Babyface, glasses and all. The Snapchat filter. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. So, like, we're sitting here talking about vocal deep fakes. I was like, geez, is this like a vocal deep fake? Because it sounds just like... Babyface, and it sounds like an 80s demo. 
Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like what a, you know, not like completely mixed and mastered and everything. But that studio polish just sounds like, you know, he probably made this on his keyboard and recorded the vocals so they could hear what it needed to be with like some really good crisp babyface vocals on it. So um, ever since I saw the video, I've been listening to it. It sounds really good. Oh. Um, I wish that he would have kept the song, but I get it. Like when you're when you're not babyface yet, you can't you don't get to keep all the good songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to give some of them away. So um so to your point with these vocal deep fakes, um, I want I've always been a fan of hearing demos of songs, mm-hmm. and that's probably what I would do. Like if I knew that a writer wrote a song, I'd probably just deep fake his voice to hear him do the demo. I loved Ryan Tedder's demo of Halo; it sounded great. Mm. Um, I love Katy Perry's demo of Rock God by Selena Gomez; it sounded really good. Um, hell, I even loved Pink's demo of What Do You Want from Me by Adam Lambert. Like, I love hearing demos of what songs could have been. Um, and then just an, an added nugget, too. One person I love to hear um, sing people's demos is Rihanna, because I know she doesn't change anything. Because she's just, I mean, and this is no disrespect to Rihanna. She's not, she doesn't have the vocal personality of some singers mm. to where she can take a song and make it her own. So when I hear her, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how Neil sang it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can listen to her songs like, you didn't change a thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, but this, yeah, Rocksteady, man, I love this song and I love this version of it. All right. So this is Rocksteady by Lil Babyface, <laughs> real or not. And we'll be right back. is Rocksteady, the demo by Lil Babyface. Um, it says Lil Bayface on this cover. So still don't know how real it actually is. 
<laughs> it sounds just like him. It does. Yeah, you can really hear it in. Like, I, th- I just think in, in this, like it was, yeah. they. I think they tried to bring the vocals up. Just the way that it sounded, it like it was. So you can tell it's a demo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the drums weren't very compressed, so that's why they yeah. were kind of all over the place. And like you said, they tried to bump up his vocals a little bit and. You just can't, like, especially something from that long ago. Yeah. You're going to lose a little bit of fidelity. You can only do so much. That's true. So we started this particular episode, and we'll be talking about Babyface a little bit, I would assume, (laughs) with this topic. Um, We started the episode with the song uh, Kick Your Game by TLC, and we'll be talking about their 1994 album, Crazy Sexy Cool. Uh, it was their second album, and uh, it was a monster. <laughs> it was a monster of an album. Uh, their first album on the TLC tip Ooh. sold four million. Ooh, on the TLC tip, <laughs> crazy, sexy, cool, fourteen million. Jesus, yeah. And they are the first female group <clears throat> to go diamond. Yep, take that, Go Go's. <laughs> <laughs> And Bengals. So TLC <laughs> should be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you're gonna oh, put they're in not the in there? TLC's not in. Really? Oh, I don't know why I thought they would be in there. That's a problem. I feel like that needs to be the case. They were, they've been eligible for like five years. Wow. Have they been nominated yet? No. Oh, that's weird. I mean, some people say, well, they only have four albums. So and, y'all put in the Go-Go's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Y'all I'm, put in the TLC. I'm not come trying on. to hate on the Go Go's, but like, come y'all on, put in the Go. Yeah, still, you put in the Go Go's. Vacation, word. Like, I get down to that song. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but vacation. Our lips are sealed. Word. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna get off of the Go Go's. Ain't nothing to me. <laughs> so uh, we'll be discussing this uh, this album here, um, best selling album ever by a by a girl group. Uh, as I said, the first one to go diamond. And, of course, there's some stories behind the making of the album yeah. and some of the songs. Um, yes, Lisa had burned the house down at this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure which actually limited her involvement on the album. Yeah. I like she, I, she was probably being expected to rap more. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Because she was in a halfway house and in rehab after the uh, after the fire, yeah, <clears throat> she uh, was limited on going to the studio, so mm. they she wasn't able to rap on the album as much as she probably would have expected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ones that she did rap on, she made him count. Yeah, waterfalls. She made that count. Yeah, yeah. she sure did. <laughs> So um, that was definitely a, a major part. Of, I don't know how much that may have played into the album selling well. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Like her, what her happening uh, with the fire and everything brought more notoriety to the group and that helped the push the album. What do y'all think of that? 
It was a big topic back yeah. in the day when that happened. I mean, people still talk about that. Like, I just seen his house, like, burned down on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about that. But I will say she reformed her life after she did this. I mean, she went to go hang out with Dr. Sebi in Honduras. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that was, like, one of the last trips that she ever took of her life. But I feel like that whole story. You know, sometimes when people are celebrities and they have these like traumatic experiences, mm-hmm. that makes them a bigger celebrity. Yeah. So I feel like that did kind of push their notoriety a little bit. It was unfortunate, but it helped. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Andre Ryzen, you know, big time receiver Come for on. the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Imagine someone, imagine Julio Jones' girlfriend burning his house down. Right. Like and she's be, and, and, and she's, she's a, a, part of a singer the, rapper. Yeah. She's a part of like one of the biggest groups. <laughs> around at the time like that'd be a big deal like that'd be like um one of the chicks from fifth harmony burning down burning down julio jones's house it'd be on like every blog all over snapchat all over instagram all over tiktok it'd be everywhere yeah and today it'd be even worse because you'd have people parodying it like it'd just be so i mean i I guess i never thought about it that way honestly until just now like yeah i guess that kind of did make them infamous, maybe, mm-hmm. probably for the wrong reasons. And then, of course, we've come a long way in 20, almost 30 years to where um, women are more are more respected now. Back then, I imagine, and I mean, I, I can't think of how it was because I was so young, but like she probably wasn't looked on favorably. Like, oh, she's just a crazy you-know-what versus, you know, the story out now is, or the story has changed over the years, she was an abuse victim. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't even like, you know, and like she's got the she's got the scars and the bruises to prove it. But rather than focusing on like, hey, maybe this is a victim lashing out because mm. no one ever listened to her. The story is Lisa Left Eye Lopez is crazy. Yep. She done burned this man's house down. Um, she is clearly the crazy and crazy sexy cool. <laughs> 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 when in actuality, if you look into the background of it, they said that, you know, because they said the record label kept trying to say, which one of you is crazy? Which one of you is sexy? Which one of you is cool? And they're like, no, 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 no. Crazy, sexy, cool stands for all three parts of a woman. Aww. Some You got a little bit of crazy. You got a little bit of sexy. You got a little bit of cool. And that's why they had the name. So it wasn't to assign personalities. They're just like, hey, every woman got this. Yeah. That was never cleared up. That, <laughs> that, was, that was never clear. <laughs> We thought left eye was the crazy one. <laughs> Everyone thought that. Chili's the sexy one. Yeah. The T-Boz is was the cool, cool one. one. That's Everyone what, yeah, but that. yeah, that's what they said. That the record label was like, which one is which? No, that's just each of us. <laughs> no, one of you is one of these. No. <laughs> We're all crazy and cool and sexy. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I, I, I noticed in, in going back and listening to the album, um, it's kind of surprising that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis weren't involved on this because this was them growing up. <laughs> so they would have been if, their control. Our, yeah. <laughs> this is their control. This is their heartbreak. This is their, yeah. you know, if, if you're an artist and you, 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 you're, you're growing up, you're in your early twenties and you're, you're trying to make that mature album. Mm-hmm. You call Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. <laughs> uh, so, um, but this was their their sound did mature from the first one. Mm-hmm. The first album, it's it's new jack swing and it's new jack swinging is, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I love. I love that first album. 
Yeah, it it, so it's good. good. It, it's good. Yeah. Uh, with with this one, you know, they have the. I think whenever any artist that's making an album, there's got to be something where you take that next step, where there's a little bit of a change, a little bit of experimentation, mm -hmm. just a, a something a little bit different that makes the project what it is, that makes it different from the last one, you know. Uh, so it was like I said, it was a more mature sound, and they worked, <clears> and, <throat> but they had worked with the same producers. Yeah. Uh, they just added one. Like on the first album, there's Dallas Austin and Jermaine Dupree and Babyface, and then with this one, those same three, and then add in um, Organized Noise, the volatile mm. Organized Noise. <laughs> well, just one of them. Yeah, just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just one of them. Um, so they, uh, so they they add that in, and and this is you know this probably this could have been included in uh, the Georgia series. I was thinking about that. Yeah, this was another one of those monster Georgia albums. Um, the other one us discussing being um, Confessions. Um, this one rivals that in terms of success, um, and came out earlier. So I mean, both you know to you know came out during times where people were still buying a lot of records. Yeah. I don't know if you if an album like this goes diamond nowadays. I mean I don't I don't think it's any less successful in terms of being in the public conscious. I mm -hmm. think it's I think it'd still be the singles would do well. Like I think you probably have Waterfalls hit the billion mark with as accessible as it was, even though it's really like an R and B soul track, but it's still accessible to everybody mm -hmm. because of the universal themes and messages. Um, so I think you would have, that's what you would see more of. You'd see songs hitting a billion streams, essentially, um, and maybe a few hundred million views on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't see it selling. It's not going to sell 10 million, 12 million, 14. It's not going to sell that just because mm -hmm. no one does that anymore. Yeah, and even in the case of, like, the the albums that are still in the top that, that have been out for over a year, you know, Mm-hmm. Dua Lipa, how many albums has she sold? And that album's still in the top ten. I don't know how many. I don't know how many it is, but that's a super popular album. Mm -hmm. But has it gone diamond? Uh, probably not. No, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the Weekends album uh, has that. Has any any of them gone diamond? Even Beauty Behind the Madness, which was a monster of an album. Yeah. So. Future Nostalgia in America, only certified platinum, one million. Wow, really? A million. That a is one million. of the biggest what albums of the worldwide? past year. Um, worldwide, it doesn't have the, but I mean, like looking at all the totals, I mean, it might come up to maybe two. That's crazy. Adding everything up, one and a half to two. I mean, that was literally one of the biggest albums of the of the past year, everywhere. But I'm pretty sure if we go on Spotify, it's a different story. Yeah. yeah. Like the songs are getting constant spins billions that's yeah. how it streams. is mm -hmm. billions so it it might have that more of that um kind of impact this album i i agree with that it would have billions of streams mm -hmm. but not millions of sales no. like they have uh so the um like i said this was recorded um uh they, we could consider this a, an atlanta album it was recorded at several studios yeah. in, in Atlanta. Um, and this was a time where, like, there's the, the, the hip-hop soul thing, which was still kind of new at the time. I mean, like, Mary J. Blige had, 
had success with it. Yeah. And it's like TLC took it to the next the next level as far as success, but it was still a time where you didn't see a lot of that kind of crossover where it's you have rappers like featuring on R&B songs. Mm-hmm. That was still a fairly new thing mm-hmm. at the time. On this album they have on the first track they have Fife from a tribe called Quest. They have um Buster Rhymes on one on an interlude. They have Andre 3000 on the last song, on the um, the last song on the album. Uh, none of those were singles, so <laughs> while they still did it, it wasn't the um, it wasn't uh, yeah. put out there at the time. But it was still like it's, it was still a fairly new thing. But to have them, and you got three fairly big names at the time yeah. to at least participate. Uh, and they also have the um, uh, a Diddy was a producer on this on this album as well. He was everywhere in the nineties. He sure was. He and was everywhere. I, and I think he was brought in and because dancing of in everybody's the, video. <laughs> he was brought in also because <laughs> of the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Seeing that scene from the from the store, so we just <laughs> take that, <Yeah>. take that. <laughs> he was. Um, I, I think he's brought in because of his success with Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. that he was brought in to be a producer here. And it was under Arista, which was Clive Davis. Mm-hmm. Whatever conspiracy you have about Diddy and Clive Davis. Oh, this conspiracy is about those two? Wait, I was about to say, what are we talking about here? I'm interested. We can, Come on, y'all. Yeah, so we can... Are you serious? Hold up. Now, are I'm... you serious? Does We're... it involve Biggie? No. Oh, okay. Then I'm then I'm lost. Then not. Does it involve? Biggie? I thought like maybe they conspired <laughs> to do something. I don't know. Oh. I'm totes confused. Yeah. Let's. Can we delve into that a little bit? Can you talk to us about that? Just a little bit. In Is this the, another episode or something? Or? No. Right. Not not necessarily. <laughs> but in the the dark corners of the internet. Not the dark corners. <laughs> some people believe that Clive Davis. No. 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 And Diddy. Go ahead, because I want to know. They they was having. Mm. Yes. They were together? I could see that. I could see that. Come on now, Ben. I could definitely see that. I thought we had talked about this before, Ben. Oh, this is you good. You know my memory bad? <laughs> yeah, this is so true, though. My memory is awful. Unfortunately, I really believe that. And Quincy Jones probably seen it. No, I'm just kidding. But... Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but... I, there, I'm diving into this later tonight, just oh, yeah. so you know. <laughs> I'm like, let, it, that, let us know I, what you find I, out, it's Ben. A, it's a rumor that has not been substantiated, but it's been a, a go, an ongoing rumor for maybe 30 years. Wow. Like, we're going back to Diddy mm-hmm. at Uptown. Oh, okay. Like, how how did, how, how did Diddy start Bad Boy? Huh? Where did he get the money from? True. Hmm? And they said that he was like working, like as a PA for somebody, right? Getting somebody coffee or something. That's, sta- how, that's how he started. Yeah. Yeah. So how he come from and that? Then becomes, to and now then he becomes he the producing Mary J. Blige. Right. And now he has his own record label in a matter of three, four years. Oh yeah. No, did he? I don't know now. Did he? Uh-uh. Did he? Did he? Did he? But he, wow. w- but what he did, I mean, may- maybe he 
had some ideas or he, you know, some suggestions, but he, the, the, the hits for this album were not produced by Diddy. Um, yeah, I imagine he, he maybe did some art direction, artistic direction. <laughs> yeah, and then Dallas Austin or Jermaine Dupree was like, okay, yeah, get, get out of here. Yeah, and I mean, no offense to Diddy. <laughs> Simple. But, like, I mean, and, and I know what Diddy has done, but, like, I'm taking Babyface and Dallas Austin and Jermaine Dupree over him. I just am. Oh, any day. I ju- yeah, because I just he's am. not he's not looked at as a music producer no. really as far as like he plays an instrument yeah. or he knows how to samples well he kind of does know how to sample something oh but he knows it, how to sample it, it, but <laughs> it not but not in the same sense that we think the other guys would yeah like you I know. think of you've got the team of and I've talked about them on here before Manuel Sill and James and Jermaine Dupri yeah who are really good writers mm. they wrote um. Um, Always be my baby, from Mariah. From, Mar- from yes. Mariah Carey, they have a style. From them, and I going back and listening to this. As soon as I heard this, I was like, "That's that's them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is their sound. That sweet. That sounds kind of like Sweetheart. That kind of sounds like Shake It Off. It, it sounds like that team getting together. They're like, let's make a song that's really good and has a nice little bounce to it. That's that's yeah. Manuel Seal and Jermaine Dupri to a T. Then turn around and write for Criss Cross. <laughs> yeah. And, and the Brett. <laughs> <laughs> like they can they can do so that. They're, they're you know? versatile. And then you got Babyface who came with some like really, really well written songs. Oh yeah. Um that had that that R and B feel to them. Um Dare I Say It, Red Light Special kinda sounds like it could have been recorded by the Isley brothers. Yeah. Like you think of that oh, guitar totally coming in that. at the beginning. Kind of a fuzzy synth sounding guitar, very reminiscent of Ernie Isley. Like it's, I don't know if Babyface was it going for that could have feel, been, but that's what I hear when I hear it. Like it, it's, I mean, it would. I mean, of course, TLC does it, but that could have been an R and B song with a guy singing it. Yeah, and yeah. it could have, and it really could have been as some somebody like okay, you got T Boz's voice. And then it could have been done in Ron Isley's voice, like mm-hmm. you said. I think it could have been done by Barry White. Yeah. Uh, and it's on the Icon is Love. <laughs> It'll be on that album, though. But, uh, I mean, it could be done by, like, they're so, like, they're, it's one of those songs where it could have been done by anyone. Yeah. And But he, he gave it to them, but he's on their label, so. Yeah. Um, he wanted to make that work just mm-hmm. as much as everyone else. Um, what other notes did I have here? Okay, so like I was saying with the the hip-hop and R&B, the, the worlds colliding, um, I feel like this, the album where it, that, it made that turn, like it's kind of like Mary J. Blige put on the signal and then TLC made that turn. Mm-hmm. Nice little comparison there. I can see that though. I really do. The sound was so familiar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you think about that first album of Mary J and then how she could have influenced them to be who they are. I can totally see that. Remember when they were in um House Party? Yeah, House Party Three. Yes. <laughs> House Party Three. Oh my gosh. I was such a little kid when that came out. That movie is so bad. I know. It's horrible. I, I've seen it like 20 times. I, I, feel, I feel like we it. all have. <laughs> it, 
but it's it's really bad. Yeah, it's horrible. It's one of the worst movies ever. Thinking back to, yeah, like I think back to some of these things and like looking at them through, you know, young eyes. I mean, this what year did this come out? Ninety four. I was ten years old. You're so young. Did they even know what was going on? Like, did they even understand what was? Yeah, it's just I don't. That's funny. Yeah, those house party movies. Well, I mean, the first one was 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 I like that one, but all the sequels. That's just stop. It was way too much. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the songs here. So, the first single was the first single was Creep. Yeah. That was that was my introduction to this album. I love that song. Um I thought they looked so hot in the pajamas. <laughs> yes. I thought they looked good. That was man. a look. That, they did look good. They were looking really nice. Like everything about that video, because I know like the one that always gets talked about is waterfalls because of the the waterfalls. Uh, yeah, and stuff. with the, the special effects. Yeah, but like this one was just it oozed cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt jazzy, yeah. which worked because you had a jazzy type beat to it. You know, with the trumpets in the background. Um, and like even one thing people don't think about is that the breakdown, the drums kind of come down. It almost sounds like a jazz drummer, like taking a, like kind of bring the beat down for solos to start. I can see that. Um, but yeah, this, just this, like the, yeah, man, this was, and I guess really just cause I know we're supposed to talk about music here, but I just thought they looked so great in the video. Man. They did. They were so cute. <laughs> it was just something about how they looked. <laughs> well, it was, it was a, it's kind of different. Look like this is this is a look from the first album. It's all the baggy clothes, mm-hmm. uh, the the, the get ups <laughs> with the the big hats, all the uh, you know the condom on the left eye, condom on the left eye. <laughs> uh, they're wearing a lot of cross colors. Oh God, cross colors <laughs> back in the day. Oh man. So they were looked at. You know, I think they were just looked at more as a rap group, but they weren't looked at as like uh, as like the sex symbols yet. Mm-mm. And the, but this album put them in that in that category, and it's uh, then they also, and this was like kind of another indication of the time where people aren't buying albums like that anymore but Mm -hmm. they weren't and you're talking about the expensive music videos they weren't pushing they weren't making videos like this Mm -mm. either like it's it's very simple but you you make certain choices that are going to stand out like the silk pajamas yeah or you know the 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 black and white parts with uh with the choreography, but you have high quality film. Yeah. You know, or the or the the different like camera angles. Everything's not straight on. Every you know, they'll they'll be mm-hmm. diagonal, upside down, something like that. And and they have Matthew Rolston uh direct the video and he is like one of the great photographers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, one of the great photographers in the world it had that fashion <laughs> shoot feel to it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um but God, yeah I, I to this day i said I'll, I'll i play this song out at shows i love this that makeup that hair everything it was just give them what it needed to get I'm trying to see like was there a story with the pajamas because that's that's the 
that that is I, I think there someone had the uh, had that as a Halloween costume last year. Oh, for real? <laughs> Still the, the pajamas cute. from the video. That's cute. I so, like that. So they had to really. Um, I know they parodied it. They parodied it in I can't talk in American Dad. It was really funny <laughs> with their boy band group. Um, Steve, like oh, he's yeah. doing the this with the pajamas. <laughs> I was like TLC. It was the best. I love that. What do you? That was hilarious. (laughs) I do like that, and I don't think he writes for that show, but they do a lot of 90s and 80s parodies. Like, they've done Cool It Now, where they perform the song, and then they had one episode where they dressed them up as Tony, Tony, Tony singing Anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Like, outfits and everything. (laughs) It was the funniest thing ever. Um, But, yeah, this song, I, I don't know if it's popular to say, this is my favorite song from the album. Yeah, for sure. It's mine. Like this to this day, favorite. I still it still gets played at the very least once a month, if not more. Same. I love this song. Same for sure. So that was written by Dallas Austin, mm-hmm. and it was a there was some some issues with the there's a story behind you know the making of this song in the video, um, you know to the song was written from the perspective of a woman who's not getting enough attention, mm-hmm. so she cheats on her man. Yeah. And uh, that is, I feel like that applies today. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's always, um, Aisha, I don't know if if you're like this where you need, you you like, you just, you feel like you're not getting enough attention. And not to say that you're going to go out and cheat because you're not getting enough attention, but getting that attention is uh, very important. You know what? I'm not one of those women, honestly. I think probably because I work so much that I really would rather not have all that attention. I would rather you just do your thing and I do mine. Um, But yeah, no, like I'm not an attention whore when it comes to this type of thing. So I can't relate. I I saw this. uh, If you've seen the picture of um, like SpongeBob getting up, it's like, all right, I'm going to head out. You know, that that (laughs) picture. But it was one that's like, um, it was like man, and he and you see the the eyes emoji, like looking over, and the the woman is they had it was the yoga pose emoji, mm-hmm. and then it's the the eye emoji again, and then the yoga pose emoji, <laughs> <laughs> and then the band is like PlayStation beep, and then and then it's SpongeBob. All right, I'm gonna go get some attention. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I mean, I definitely understand why women would want attention, but, you know, it's just not for me all the time. I'm good. Um, well, <laughs> and they did. They, I think that part of that is, um, you know, th- this was the song came from a conversation between Dallas Austin and T-Boz about, you know, if she feels that she's not getting enough attention in her relationship. Then that might drive her to another man. <clears throat> so that that inspired the song. Uh, but the just so it didn't it it kind of got the the feel of okay we're encouraging fidelity especially after their first album where mm-hmm. they preached uh, safe sex and, mm-hmm. and, and and feminism and you know all these all and positivity and now we're now encouraging we're it now exactly now we creeping so left eye had an issue with the song and uh, she had a she had a, a verse about why you shouldn't cheat, but it's on the remix. It's not on the original version. Oh. 
Uh, she she tried to fight Ford, but it it didn't end up on the on the original version. Uh, and in the video, she wears uh, you see her with tape on her mouth in some of the scenes mm. because she didn't she did not agree with what this song was about. Interesting. Okay. Well, we didn't know that. That's a little background tidbit. Yeah. Um, wow. And this was part of their, but the song still brought them. It kind of fueled their, the their, the the feminist part of them to where now they're they're looked as at these as positive role models. Mm-hmm. Still, despite this song that seems to encourage <laughs> infidelity, <Yeah. laughs> but um, and so it it worked out. But I I understand what she means. She doesn't agree with what that message and yeah, some people are stupid and don't understand that it's just a song. Mm-hmm. I mean, inspired by real life, but that doesn't it doesn't define who you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there were some people I read that because there's a Radiohead song called "Creep," and they some somebody was trying to make it seem like it was, it was a response song, and like there's oh, the two songs gosh. are not even related. That just means you don't you don't listen. Exactly. You just saw that they have this song. They both have the a song with the same name, but they're two totally different songs. So that's why I realized with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you this, Ben, because we, we've had that one of our early episodes was about Babyface oh, and his production myth. and writing. <laughs> the myth. Uh, he wrote "Dig It On You," which was a single. Mm-hmm. He wrote "Red Light Special." Mm-hmm. What makes Babyface great? <laughs> what makes Babyface great? This is going to sound like I'm a snob. I think it's because he writes, he is an R&B songwriter that from when I listen to his stuff, I don't think he focuses on a beat and then a song. I think he takes a song and gives it production. So you listen to something like Red Light Special, which is my second favorite song on the album. Um, it it sounds like something that if you just gave him a keyboard, he could just sit down and play it, mm. and it would sound good. And I, if you listen to some of his albums, you you hear the same thing. Like when can I see you again? Sounds like he just sat down with a guitar and wrote that song, Whip Appeal. Sounds like he just sat down to to his keyboard and wrote that song. Um, and I, I think that's the type of writer he is. he is. Not saying that there's anything wrong with the way that other people write. Like, Neo does not play an instrument. Mm-hmm. So Neo hums out melodies and people will put, you know, stuff to it or, or whatever. But, like, I just think, like, Babyface kind of comes from that old school style of writing. And I think it just it just works. Only thing is, that old school style of writing, as we've kind of talked about with people like Diane Warren, does not really translate to today. Mm-hmm. Granted, Diane Warren's having some success with Grammy work, not Grammy work, with Oscar work, with soundtrack work. Maybe Babyface could go there. I don't think he really cares anymore. I feel like he thinks he doesn't have anything else to prove. After he put out, was it Love and Divorce with Tony uh, Braxton? Tony Braxton. Love, Marriage, and Divorce. Yeah, Love, Marriage, mm-hmm. and Divorce, which was a phenomenal record. I think after that, he's like, eh, I ain't got really nothing else to prove. Like, I can just chill. I don't know if he's trying to get work and he's not. <laughs> it could be like, just knocking on everybody's door. I got a song for you. Face, man. Just your stuff ain't selling no more, man. <laughs> Sorry, face. Um, but I think I've always kind of liked that about his songs. They have, like I said, it sounds like a snob. They have structure. <laughs> I just think they do. They have they have really good structure. They do. Like, I, I think back to, like, 
someone mentioned his um ah oh god when he performed all these songs on storytellers not storytellers it was unplugged and he starts playing songs he's written for people and i just noticed that like they all have structure mm-hmm. like the the way he writes them he's sitting down as like yeah we're going to put this chord here and it's going to like maybe he understands theory you know mm-hmm. things like that they just sound cohesive he knows how to write a good bridge mm-hmm. just like he understands good song structure. He does. Like, there's a lot that can be said about that. Some mm-hmm. of the greatest writers understand song structure. Um, some might argue that some people, Max Martin, maybe understand song structure a little too well, <laughs> <laughs> to where they're like syllables, and you're like, bro, stop. But you know, that's kind of what I think makes him. And then I think he's just got a he's got a good ear for production because he's got to put it together, right? Like, and I think he he has a vision of what he wants songs to be. And I think that's why he's able to kind of go in and, and get it done. I agree. He's good at arrangement. Oh, yeah. He's very good at arrangement. Uh, seeing the video for this, um, I think that was Boris Kojo in the video. Oh, very what? Very young looking Boris Kojo. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, so this was, uh, I believe this was the... This was the second single, and um, it, I believe it went to number five on the Hot 100. Yeah, that was the sexy single. When I was a kid, yeah. I didn't know how to feel. <laughs> it's like I'm 10 years old. They're singing about red lights, and I'm what yours. I'm just like, huh. huh. hilarious. Can we just listen to Creep? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to um, the single that made them superstars. The big one. I can remember where I was the first time I heard this. Now, Creep, I can remember. Creep was a number one single, um, but it wasn't. Not to say, well, it ain't Waterfalls, but <laughs> it, it just because, like, <laughs> but it's not. It's it not. It wasn't. It was not. So uh, we have an earlier episode about the uh, the documentary about organized noise, and they produced this song. And it was written by Marquise Etheridge. A hotel who, worker. Who was <laughs> managing a hotel at the time. Wow. And he knew he knew organized noise. And like, I got this song. And Rico Wade hears like how it sounds. It's like, oh, we gotta do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I a mean crazy this is, circumstance. Yeah. This is how obscure Marquise Etheridge is. He does not have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> but, but he contributed he, to the He biggest, co-wrote yeah. Well, he, he, I mean, he wrote the lyrics for Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Don't Let Go for In Vogue. Yeah. Oh, really? But does not have it a Wikipedia He doesn't page. have a Wikipedia. And he wrote two of R&B standards. That is yeah, crazy. Two of the biggest songs of the decade. <laughs> and, like, we have no clue if he's even still alive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's so strange. He was in the documentary, but yeah. I don't know anything else. I'm like, I have to find out about where yeah. he's at. <laughs> this is insane. So one cool thing I loved about that they talked about in the documentary that wow wow at the beginning that's a bass. Mm. Yeah. Never I would have never picked up on that. Um and I'll oh, say so this is the video. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, this made me so sad when I watched this video. I was like, "Oh my god, why is it going to yeah. be so sad?" As Bokeem Woodbine and Fred Joe Star, Bokeem Woodbine one of the works first actors I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he didn't have any lines in this one, so it's not so bad. Yeah, I think they uh, said on that bass too, they used a digital whammy, which um, 
I'm not gonna say it was made famous by, but like was heavily used or is still heavily used by Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine for everything he does. Mm. Take those, those crazy high pitch sounds. That's what he uses. Yeah, this this video was everything. It was. I still remember, like, it was a day of the science fair at my school. <laughs> my friend and I, shout out to Josh's birthday, it was two days ago. We took, like, I think second place in the event that we were in. We were feeling ourselves. We came back to his house afterwards, and, my, and this video came on. And my friend, his name was Janelle. He was like, dude, like, the waterfalls video, man, when they're in the, he was like, when they're in the ocean, and they're, <laughs> so like, of course, we're just sitting there waiting for that part. And when that part, oh, oh, that's the coolest thing we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> they turned into water. Like, that's so cool. Never mind, like, the deep themes going on. Some dude's dying of AIDS and another another person gets shot in the streets. I was sitting there crying. I'm like, oh, my God. We're sitting here watching them dance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I go back and like, this is like a dark video. <laughs> it's super dark. But yeah, of course, it's, it's, a, it's a dark song. And ten years old, I don't know what AIDS is. Like, how do you, yeah. <laughs> like I, I guess I would want to know more. But like, how was the the song inspired? Because the first verse, or or it's talking about, you know, the first part of the song, it's about the kid who's selling drugs. His mom doesn't want him to do it, but she can't stop him, yeah. and he gets killed. And then the second verse is about uh, the guy who. Basically, he, he the the woman says, "Oh, we don't need condoms." And then, you know, I, the one of the haunting images is the like you see her picture on the left yeah. and the other guy's picture on the right, and it just you see like just hundreds. It seemed like yeah. of other guys on the other side, and then you see him fade away, and you see her fade away. Like the the I think people were so like entranced by the like how good the song sounds mm-hmm. and how the the hook is easy to sing mm-hmm. that they may not the realize how yeah the message and how dark the song Y'all actually don't hear is me, you just want to dance <laughs> no like for real like this is if the, if before if hey, yeah, ever, it was waterfalls <laughs> if i've ever seen heard a song with a more singable hook that has endured i can so i I, I, I can play this at shows. I started playing this with Sunset Love Affair. Everyone knows this song. This song is over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. People who were not alive when it came out know this song. They just do. It's, it's huge. It has endured the test of time. It's definitely a It's hit. not my favorite, but it's, it is clearly like this is their showstopper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what did it have with this? Oh, so the I think the reason why it was a, a major hit is that the the subject matter resonated with people. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. the visuals resonated with people. Yeah. And that was, if people can connect to a song, it will, it's like it will live on forever. Yeah. And that's kind of, I, I don't know how, I don't know if what kind of royalties Marquise Etheridge gets, <laughs> but the song has most certainly endured. Uh, I'd be curious too, because and a fun fact, I know it's July, but uh, as they say at McDonald's, every month is Black History Month. <laughs> I'm not, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Have you had your break today? Let me stop. So <laughs> this video, the video for Waterfalls, was the first video by Black artists 
to win the VMA for video of the year. Mm-hmm. Really? It was that big. Well, hats off to them. That groundbreaking. I did not know that. So I, I look back and, you know, some people, you know, if you still contend that Thriller is the best music video of all time, it didn't even win video of the year. <laughs> Take that, Michael Jackson. Oh, no. It was a song called You Might Think by the Cars where Rick Ocasek is a fly. Dude, I love that song. I just love the, the, the cars were quirky. Like they, <laughs> they're like they're five. They're like the five seconds of summer back then. Like they're just like that weird pop band that like. You don't think they're going to be around. It's like, oh, the car's got another one. Mm-hmm. The car's got another one, man. And then they come up with their ballad. They're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, that was the first video to win a, a video of the year? The, or, the, the first the first black artist to win. Well, no, I said the first video was, you might think I'm crazy. Was Or did that beat Thriller? That beat Thriller. How? Whoa, okay. I didn't yeah. know you were saying That's what I'm that. saying. That's weird. Maybe right. it was the, the computer graphics. I don't know. That's really weird. Rick Ocasek as a fly. Because that was, was that the one who was like he was in the Not car too or something, or just I just remember his head on a fly mm-hmm. on a computer generated oh, I fly. I be Thriller. I like that song, but not more than Thriller. Yeah, That was gra- was groundbreaking. I mean, tremendously. Michael Jackson should have been a fly. He might have won. That's one of the. I guess that's just one of those videos you look back on. It's like ah, they're on something. Like mm-hmm. they're, <laughs> they're on to something. Um. So yeah. Um, but so TLC is the first to to win the first black artist to win that award. I think one of the other videos was, I think it was um, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, Basket Case by Green Day, oh. <laughs> Scream, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, and Buddy Holly by Weezer. Those are the other nominees. I didn't realize Scream was that old. Me either. Wow. Okay. Buddy Holly, I. That's interesting. The, so the a lot of hap, they intercut scenes yeah. from Happy Days. They kind of. So I guess they were just really into computer generated stuff that year. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I uh, ask you this, Aisha. What other um. What other songs on the album did did you enjoy? I personally. I mean, Creep was my favorite, to be honest with you. It's, I'm, it's one of those songs that, <laughs> when, hearing it again, it's like this inspired, this 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 pushed the smooth jazz But I will genre. say that Waterfalls <laughs> really made me want to cry. Because yeah, it when, was, when, you, when you pay attention to it. and Yeah, when yeah. you really listen to the lyrics, it was, just, it was really like heart-wrenching to listen to, especially mm-hmm. as a young person. I mean, think about it. We were like, very young when that yeah. came out. So just hearing that was just kind of sad. But I really feel like Creep was my favorite off the whole album. And I'm not really, I can't I can't lie, like, I loved Chili. Like, I thought she was just so pretty. I was like, oh, my God, I love her when she starts to sing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, she was my favorite. But everybody else, I mean, I love T-Boss, too, because she's such a genius when it comes to, you know, the, her voice I thought was so nice and rustic. and it, it's It's a unique voice i love her voice and she's the one sing. she was yeah. singing lead it's on a low these. voice yeah especially for a yeah. woman very low mm-hmm. and it um it's like she's the if there is a lead singer of the group it is t-boss she's the closest yeah and 
it's like her vocal quality is just is just different from yeah. everybody else. Her singing very low. I think um, she was kind of steered towards singing like that from um, I can't remember which point her sister it was, but they have a song called Automatic. And whichever sister sang lead, automatic. That's a low sings vocal. very low. Oh, I didn't even think about it. That's a good point. Okay. And I don't know if she had heard it or or someone else had heard it. Like, oh, that's how that's how Tiba should sing. Mm. Okay. And the fact, and I have respect for her too because she did this album when she was really sick. Yeah. She was really ill. She has lupus. I want to say. Oh, I didn't so, that was a sickle cell. Sickle cell. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like that's really tough on the body, and for her to mm. push out the concerts and be on tour and recording the album and be that sick, hats mm-hmm. off to her. Now, was this the album where they were broke afterwards because the bad deal was that on the TLC tip? I can't. <laughs> no, this is Pebbles. This is, like this Pebbles is the really one. screwed them yeah, over. Yeah, Pebbles. This is the one that they were broke. This is so you, we can add this to another read your contract all stars. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is one of those where. Um, you know, you you have a record a record company, or in this case, just a record exec and A and R that's taking advantage of you. You know, to quote John Resnick, when they're holding your dream in front of you, and all you have to do is sign on this dotted line, you'll sign anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like we'll just figure out the rest later. You know, and this is one of those instances where they just didn't know any better. Yeah. So the album came out. Uh, what's the date on the album? November 15th, 1994, the album's released. Creep was released Halloween 1994, the single. Uh, They filed for bankruptcy July 1995. Wow. Debts of $3.5 million. Mm. Some of it was from Left Eye's insurance payment from the arson. T-Boz medical bills. (laughs) And, but primarily, it was the deal they signed with Pebbles. Mm. Recoupables, as they like to call them in the industry. So they were on the hook for these videos. They were on the hook for everything with the tour. They were on the hook for the recording sessions. Um, so they, and, the, and LaFace was charging them also for their travel, their hotels, their promotion, mm. their food, clothes. Um, and it seemed to be the more successful the album was, the more in debt they were. Yeah. So after selling millions and millions of albums, they ended up with $50,000 was an album that went diamond. That, that sold 14 so million. That That's so embarrassing. Sad. All the work that they put in. <clears throat> That's. And I can't, ima- I can't understand how, and maybe it would happen today, but how does that not hurt your reputation with other artists? You know, because I, mean, I, I think, think it, deals like this are the reason why the major label is essentially on life support. Yeah. Because who the hell wants to give all of your money away? <laughs> I mean, nobody, especially you're putting on all this work. That was yeah. a lot of travel and oof. Like you've got, now you've got other means to which of which you can promote yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're not completely dependent on a record company other than maybe promotion because they can get you in some places. You can't get yourself, but if you got your own distributor and all that other stuff, who who really wants to give that much money to a record company yeah. or risk getting screwed over like this? I can't 
I mean, I guess maybe you don't hear about it nowadays because musicians are typically a little bit more savvy mm-hmm. than they are because of stories like this. Unfortunately, people like TLC, the Goo Goo Dolls, New Edition, you know, suffered <laughs> so that we could understand, like, no, I will not get, you know, one cent for every record mm-hmm. I sell. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. No, I want my publishing. No, I want my, I want this, I want that, you know. Back then, you know, you walk into the LaFace or Arista's like, we want to own our master's. They'll laugh at you because mm-hmm. we'll just go find another TLC. <laughs> you know, they were kind of the gatekeepers, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But yeah. they were the gatekeepers to who could do what and when they could do it. You know, and truth be told, like Pebble should be embarrassed. And like she sued because of how she was portrayed in the TLC movie. She said she didn't like how she was portrayed. Well, don't steal from them. Right. Like, it, was, like, <laughs> it was the truth. Yeah. Like it's not like, you know, the deal was a lie. Like so that's the deal they this did. is what happened. Yeah. So they they tried to renegotiate their contract with LaFace and they <clears throat> received less money for their singles. And then they tried to end their contract with Pebbles. And LaFace refused to renegotiate their contract. And that's when TLC filed for bankruptcy. And LaFace and and Pebbles, they just claimed, oh, they just want more money. They're not losing money. They just want more money. So they're battling out in the courts. That took two years. And they finally settled. And they were able to renegotiate their contract. And Pebatone, which was uh, Pebbles' label, agreed to let them out of their production management deal in exchange for Pebatone receiving a percentage of royalties on some future releases. And by this time, Pebbles had separated from L.A. Reid. And TLC also had to buy the rights to the name TLC, which had been owned by Pebbles. Yeah. So... They had to go through a lot just to um, just to have their name and to go forward. So really, yeah, they sold a lot of albums, but they don't have yeah. anything monetarily to show for it. That is so sad. Yeah. They're one of the biggest girl groups of our time. This is yeah. the biggest selling album by a girl group. Like, what ever. are we talking about? Like, that is so yeah. sad. I I really like to think this is why you see a lot of more a lot more modern artists trying to get in on the writing side of it Mm -hmm. as a way to um, not only have a stake in it, but also to be a little bit more valuable. So, like, if you think about, like, we look at the writing credits on this album, Lisa really is the only person in TLC that actually has, like, writing credits. You You fast forward to, you know, 2020, and you look at, and I always bring her up because she's an, she's an advocate for writers and for musicians. Taylor. Taylor Swift. She writes on everything. Harder to get rid of her. <laughs> yeah. Because she's... And then, when she writes her own music, that's for yeah. sure. And consider what we've talked about before, if they actually write. But if you look at, like, Beyonce's mm-hmm. writing credits, Beyonce is on all the songs. Yeah. How much does she actually contribute? Maybe that part doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. credited as a writer. Same yeah. thing with Rihanna, Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. um, Ariana Grande. It's another place to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you get that publishing. That's the, okay. I might not make as much on my albums, but every time it spins on the record, <laughs> anytime you're paying for your karaoke licenses, 
Anytime somebody wants to play this on YouTube, any of those, I'm, I'm getting money there um, as another form of getting of getting publishing. So um, I think because of situations like this, modern day artists have gotten smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do you position yourself to be too big to fail, you know, you've got you've got your Adele's and Taylor Swift's and Beyonce's of the world who are, you know, huge names. So it's hard to get rid of them on that aspect because I'm just larger than life. But then also I'm coming in here and and not only putting my own spin on these songs, but in a lot of cases writing them as well. So either A, you can't get rid of me because I write the hits, or B, even if you do try to get rid of me, well, I still I'm still getting money on publishing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, if Halo, you know, gets a, a billion plays, I'm getting something off of that. If mm-hmm. it gets a billion views on, on YouTube, if it plays on the radio station, you know, once a week, I'm can I'm constantly collecting royalties from that. If you if you've got the right publishing deal set up, let's be honest, Matthew Knowles was a genius. I'm sure he had the right <laughs> publishing deal set up. My God, that man's a genious. He should be <laughs> teaching classes. because um, I know some people are like, oh well just have a talented daughter. There were things he did <laughs> to get her there. Cause there's a lot of talented singers out there who did not have Matthew Knowles to push their career. Mm-hmm. That, that is the hill I'll die on. That's <laughs> <laughs> a genius. <laughs> we, we gonna, we're going to have that Beyonce episode one day. Tell you, he made two members disappear. And just gone. Uh, I got to be on this episode. They spoke, up, Beyonce. they spoke up and the next day they were on a plane to Alaska. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, it was like uh, we talked about like with the uh, – we had an episode about Hired Gun, and with Billy Joel, oh. had this drummer. He had this same backing band all these years, and once one of the, the drummer asked for, "Okay, we just can we just make a, a little bit more money?" They go home from the tour, and then all of a sudden, he hears the new Billy Joel song on the radio that he didn't record with oh. him. Yeah, so he had been fired by hearing that new song on the radio. It wasn't even told about it. No. Nope. The two girls kicked out of Destiny's Child. They didn't know they were kicked they out, so sure they saw didn't. the video yeah. for Save My mm-hmm. Name. And like, who were those girls? <laughs> I don't know. That's that. how they found it doesn't out. Look like me. Does that you? Does that look? No, I don't. I didn't do a video the other day. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, yeah. um, this had 14 million sold. Um, it only went to number three on the Billboard 200, mm. but you had to sell, 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 even to be that high. Who was um, number one that week? Um, let's see. They, I think they should be doing this by year. Uh, 1994. So, um, we got Snoop Dogg Murder Was the Case. Nice. We got Nirvana's Unplugged album. Uh, The Eagles, Kenny G, Pearl Jam. Oh yeah, grunge was huge. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks was huge. Mm-hmm. Van Halen, then oh. Garth Brooks again, and then Boys to Men, and then Bruce Springsteen, then Tupac. This is so and then crazy. the Lion King soundtrack. These are just like, <laughs> and then Hootie and the Blowfish just took over. The well, summer. Which one was that? Was that <laughs> crack um, review? Crack review. Yeah, no, nothing was beating crack review. That was a really great album. You just like just naming these albums takes me back. Jeez, like you think of, 
I, I forget. I for, oh, I was listening to a podcast from, um, I think his name's Tony Halston. He's the drummer from the Motion City soundtrack. And he has this, I think I sent you one of his links where he did the out this, um, he does like this thing called Strange Albums. Oh, yeah, same one with uh, Brie, Brie Larson. Olsen. Yeah, Brie Larson. He did one about <laughs> the life and times of Chris Gaines. <laughs> and so he goes ego. through, but he talks about <laughs> just like how big Garth Brooks was in the 90s. Just like every album was like 7 million plus. Like well, this just was could, just called The Hits. Yeah, so double the album The Hits. Album. Like he's just like just every year he's like, oh, you want another one? You want another one? Take it. You want another one? Take it. You want another one? Like, Yeah, Garth Brooks was <laughs> killing it back in the day. Like Garth Brooks, Boys to Men, mm-hmm. the second album with I'll Make Love to You down on Bended Knee. So I just, I, I guess what I'm saying, I can't get mad at them because these were, it's not like they lost to like, you know, crap albums. These were like, oh, man. Like you, yeah, yeah. These were these were really good albums. Some you just, heavy hitters on that list. Yeah, it's like opening against Jurassic Park. I don't know what <laughs> did, but it, it wasn't gonna beat that. <laughs> so let's look at the uh, awards that they won. Uh, Waterfalls was nominated for Record of the Year. It did not win. It lost to. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Another another uh, classic. Also nominated. Still love that song. One Sweet Day. Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, man. And One of Us, Joan Osborne. That was nominated for Record of the Year? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> I love, no. Okay, because Record of the Year is a producer's, a producer's uh, award. The record... That's a very yeah, pro- the artist and producer. That's a very poorly produced song. <laughs> I know it was nineteen, it was the nineties, but that was a very poorly produced song. <laughs> Compare it to what you One Sweet Day. It's not like a David Foster production. Like, oh man, and I love that song, but like there are parts I swear where the drummer misses the hi hat. I'm not trying to be finicky or nothing, bro. But like, is it because he started the guitar stereo left, like hard stereo? I don't know. What I'm gonna stop. So, uh, also, <laughs> it was nominated for Best R&B Album, and it won for Best R&B Album over Mary J. Blige for My Life, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, mm. Prince's The Gold Experience, and Barry White, The Icon is Love. The classic, wow. the classic 90s <laughs> from him. Uh, it won for Best R&B Performance by Duo or Group with Vocals for Creep. Mm. Beating uh, All for One for a song called I'm Your Man, which I have never heard. Nor have I. Uh, Brownstone for If You Love Me. Terrence Trent Darby and Booker T and the MGs for A Change Is Gonna Come. Genius Unchecked. I didn't know he went with Booker T. T. (laughs) And Take Six for All I Need Is a Chance. Mm. And it was also nominated for Best R&B Song. Or I missed something because it was it had there. Here we go. It was um, it was nominated for best pop performance by a duo group with vocals for Waterfalls, and <clears throat> it lost to Let Her Cry by Hootie and the Blowfish. Also nominated, I Can Love You Like That by All For One, Love Will Keep Us Alive by The Eagles, and I'll Be There For You 
the theme song the for Rembrandt. Oh. <laughs> I'll be there for you. And I used to uh, love that song. I can't lie. Uh, no, I did too. Cheesy, but it's just funny, cheesy dude. song. So, yeah, it got four <laughs> Grammy nominations, um, and they won two of them. But even with those two, nothing. Not, they got those two trophies if they still have them anywhere in their house. <laughs> I mean, if they're as broke as we're thinking, they probably had to sell them. <laughs> Let's just be real. Yeah. What, what is what is what is a Grammy fetch on the open market? I mean, you can probably get like like six grand off of that. Come on. I mean, back then, probably <laughs> yeah, probably like in the moment, not a lot. Yeah. But like twenty, like twenty ten, maybe you're just like, hey, who wants the Grammy for waterfalls? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably fetch a pretty penny on eBay. Mm-hmm. But back then, you got to go to a fence, like you got to like a store somewhere. Yeah. And like, you're not gonna get fair value. No. You're just not. Absolutely not. So, um, <laughs> poor ladies. I'm just thinking yeah. of that. Of um, this is, is it pawn pawn <laughs> wars? It's like ah, oh, best I can do is 350. <laughs> it's like this is a Grammy like, for this, a number one hit song. This is like, worth ten thousand uh, <laughs> dollars. I give you three seventy five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Hysterical. Um. So. Um, yeah, this was a, a monumental achievement uh, of an album. They also won at the VMAs. They won Video of the Year. They also won Best Group Video, Best R and B Video, and the Viewer's Choice. Uh, so, Waterfalls is the the song that endured. Um, mm-hmm. Creep is probably the best song on the album. That's that's just me. No, I, I think we're all in agreement. Here. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that will. Do it for our discussion on Crazy Sexy Cool. Um, we don't have much to show for. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so oh. we'll get to um, my earworm of the week. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of 80s music, but like not like the <clears throat> trying to go beyond the, the, the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this band never crossed over to America. But ask anyone in England about this band, and they inspired an entire genre, hmm. um, you know, before Blur, before Oasis, oh. there's a band called the Stone Roses. Offered the Stone Roses. Uh, and they, this was their first album, and some people probably think it's their only one. <laughs> Uh, because they, it was so big, and they, they were probably as far as attitudes, they're more like Oasis than Oasis, as far as like Jeez, they're, they're how... the best at everything. And you, really, you, yeah, they just huge egos. God, that had to be and full of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be insufferable. <laughs> that had to be man. Uh, but their their self titled debut. Um, they have a song called She Bangs the Drums. And I, I've been listening to it a couple a couple of times. And like I said, if you like Blur and Oasis, you hear the influence from this song. So this is She Bangs the Drums by the Stone Roses. And we'll be right back. I can feel 
That is She Bangs the Drums by the Stone Roses. Uh, that is uh, the the Manchester sound. Mm-hmm. I remember you talking about that a lot, the Manchester sound. And, yeah, there's, if we ever get around to it, because I need to see it again, there's a movie called 24-Hour Party People mm-hmm. um, about Joy Division, which became New Order, um, Black Grape, the Stone Roses, those kind of bands and, and during that time but it's a very it's kind of like when we talk about two-tone how mm-hmm. it's very specifically uk yeah so <laughs> manchester is another one of those i, I mean, really liked like it. it yeah i liked it too it it, it sounds like it though i mean i, I hear what you're saying mm-hmm. so uh yeah um they had another song called i want to be adored and that should have been a signal that <laughs> they are full of themselves <laughs> but uh um That'll bring us to the end of this episode. Um, whenever we have a guest, we ask if, if they want to be found where they can find you. So. I can be found on Instagram at the Botanica Podcast. I can also be found on Facebook at the Botanica Podcast. <laughs> and yeah, check me out. Aisha is my name. So uh, every... Sunday at seven ish PM. <laughs> That's mainly because of me. Uh, but <laughs> seven ish PM. Uh, Facebook page, at least for the Botanica podcast, yes. you can uh, watch. And then uh, I would also encourage people to follow and subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, uh, just like ours. Um, I had to contact. Um, Automatic to get um, Audible and Amazon to fix the feed because they hadn't updated the last 20 episodes, but they got that fixed. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> so if you like using Audible or, or Amazon podcast, everything's updated now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so what should we end the show with? What song? <clears throat> um, 
I would suggest, um, why did I forget the name of the song? Because I felt like this was the quintessential deep cut R&B song. Let's do it again. Um, yeah, it just felt like it reminded me of a deep cut that I would hear when I was younger. That like it doesn't stand out, but like in the in the back regions of my mind, I'm like, oh, I've heard that before. I know that song. <laughs> I might have fallen asleep to it or something, <laughs> but like I know that song. All right, well, yeah. we'll go with that. So we'll play "Let's Do It Again" by TLC. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again sometime in the near future. (laughs) Very, very soon. (laughs) Peace. Peace.